Oh, just, mm. just want to feel like the tears are going to start coming, you know. That's, anyway, the kids are going to be blessed. Bonnie and helpers are going out with the younger ones, and Liz is going out with the older ones. So the classrooms are open, and we're going to get into the Word of God and speak about some wineskins today. Is that okay? Last Sunday had Liz. She did an awesome job. Brought a good word. Yeah. Next Sunday, uh, testimony, sharing Sunday, but then Steve is also bringing uh, a 10-minute thought at the end as well. So it's good to have Steve using his teaching gift to bring something to us next Sunday. <laughs> Father, we want to thank you today for the life that we have in you. We thank you, Jesus, that you came to bring us abundant life. It is the enemy who steals and kills and destroys. But we as your people, God, we stand in the abundant life. We reject anything of the enemy that would seek to steal, kill, or destroy in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that abundant life. And we ask that by your Spirit that you would continue to free us and teach us to live in that abundant life, Lord, more and more for your glory. We thank you for the moving of your Spirit amongst us. And we thank you for your word that is truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Cool. So things are, things are shifting. There is no doubt about that. Things are shifting in people. Things are shifting in circumstances. Things are shifting in lives. Things are shifting in our nation. Things are changing. And I want to add that God is moving. And it's really important that we understand that. Because you can, sometimes you can fix your eyes on all kinds of other things, but it's, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. And the fact is that God is moving. Amen? I hope you can see that, that God is moving. God is moving in us, amongst us. God is moving in, in this city. God is moving in our nation. And, it's, and, in, and in my prayer time lately, as I've personally been praying, I've been sensing take territory. Take territory, take territory, take territory. That it's not a time to retreat and it's not a time just to sit in comfortable places, but it's actually a time to take territory. And I understand that's different for, for each and every one of us, but I want to encourage you in the law that, that we are in a time to see things from heaven's perspective. It's already been said, come up higher. It was declared prophetically this morning, come up higher. That we would see the same situation from a different perspective. And that's what God wants, you know, because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. And that's why he says, come up higher. And Jesus has made that possible because we are seated with him in heavenly places. So we're not to look at things from a fleshly perspective, from a worldly perspective, even from the perspective that we've grown up with. We need to look at things from heaven's perspective. Is there an amen to that? And if we do that, I believe that we'll see opportunities. I believe that we'll see that we are called to advance, that we are called to take uh, territory. Yes, and it will, it'll look different for different people because of the grace upon our lives and the gifts that we carry, but we're all called to take territory because we are the people of God. What was spoken at creation before the fall is being spoken now. Multiply. Be fruitful, multiply, increase, subdue the earth. 
It's the same spiritually. Be fruitful, multiply, make disciples of all nations, teaching them. It's the same. We're called to advance and we're called to multiply. And I want to bring you this word today about the wineskins because we need to understand the difference. We have to make sure that we're walking and allowing the Lord to bring the new wineskin so that He can bring the new wine. Amen? So in Matthew 9, Jesus speaks these words and He says, No one patches an old garment with unshrunk cloth because the patch pulls away from the garment and makes the tear worse. Have you ever tried that? Not just a garment, but maybe a bit like a sofa or maybe a chair or something. You try and sew a new bit onto an old bit and it's just, it just doesn't work. It pulls away. Sometimes even in the midst of sewing, the threads can just pull away. And then he says, and no one puts the new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skins burst, the wine spills out, and the skins are ruined. Not only are the skins ruined, but the wine is gone. It's not just the skins, it's that the wine spills out. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't particularly want to get on my hands and knees and just lap it up like a dog does. So the wine is gone. He says, no, they put new wine into new wine skins and both are preserved. Amen? We, I've shared this before, but just in case there's, there's nobody here, uh, or sorry, there's somebody here that hasn't heard it, I used to think when, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago, I used to think that the, the old wine skins were good for nothing and she'd just chuck them out. And so many believers are like that in, the, in, in, in that they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh, that's old. We'll just chuck it all out. But no, no, no. They used to renew the wineskins. And they used to renew the wineskins by washing them. Washing and scrubbing and renewing them. And then they'd soak them in oil. And the soaking in oil after the cleansing made them fresh and pliable again. And, I, and if you look at uh, biblical history, but you look at church history, it is exactly like that. Something starts fresh by a move of the Holy Spirit, but then over 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, it starts to get a bit old. It starts to get a bit brittle. And unless there is a fresh move or a fresh breath of the Holy Spirit, it ends up getting stale. It could be that way in our life. We can, we can have an encounter with Jesus. We can have an encounter with God. I was, I was talking to uh, Joni at prayer on Friday night, and she, and she actually had an encounter where, where she was taken up, and she saw heaven, and she saw, um, you know, well, she thought that she was kind of dead from this world, and she was entering into the next one until the Lord said, your time's not up yet. You need to go back and finish what I've asked you to do. You, but you can have an encounter of some description with the Lord, but... If you're not continually fanning that flame, it can grow dim, can't it? We need to be washed, and the Word washes us. It says that we are washed by the Word, and then we need to be soaked in oil. That is the Holy Spirit. And it is the ministry of the Word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit together that will make us more pliable and flexible and able to receive the new wine. 
If we are not in the Word and we're not in the Holy Spirit, we get old and stale and brittle and inflexible and we just go, Don't ask me to do that again. That is the space that the religious spirit comes in and goes, hmm. You know, are we ready for a bit of messiness? Are we ready for bodies laying on the floor here? And that's like, well, how am I going to get around there? You know, last Sunday was an inconvenience to me because, you know, we'd already made up our mind last Saturday because we were boarding a plane that we were going to get back and we were going to be here next Sunday morning. And the cancelled flights and the floods became an inconvenience. But in the inconvenience, you realise, oh, there's still some areas that the Lord wants, needs to work in my life. Sometimes the inconveniences are actually God saying to us, your heart has become a bit hard and you need to repent and you need to allow me to continue to work in you. God wants us to be in the Word and in the Holy Spirit and allow Him to have His way in us. Amen? I've lost where I was in my notes. Maybe I just keep going anyway. So often... We see in Scripture God addressing His people that they were just following the traditions of man and their hearts had wandered away. God wants our hearts. If He has our heart, then everything else will shift. The judgment, the criticism, the gossip, the finger pointing, the independent spirit, the orphan spirit, all this stuff will shift if, if He has our hearts. The excuses will actually drop. We won't make excuses anymore because He has our heart. He wants our heart. So I just want to encourage us to keep being washed in the Word and keep soaking in the Spirit and allow God to break the mold that's in our thinking sometimes because the Word says that we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And we need more of that. We all need more of that. Is there an amen? God is challenging us with some things because we desire to be a people that are open to God. Don't we? We don't want just a pretty, well-organized church that looks good. We want whatever God wants. And I'm convinced that that's an outpouring of His glory from which He will get the glory. You know, that is a, that is a prayer of mine, and we have seen it at times that we won't need people to come up the front and, you know, afterwards and be prayed for because in the midst of worship that people will just be touched by God and there'll be healings and there'll be breakthroughs and there'll be stuff, all this stuff happening because of the presence of God just manifesting. This is not just a pipe dream. This is not just a fairy tale. This has happened in history. Why can't it happen here? Why can't it happen now? So in some ways we need to get out of the way that God would be the one. I think about Acts, as I go through the book of Acts, and, I, and it's always good. Remember, I, I have a bit of a thing, a proverb, a day keeps the enemy away. Keep getting into the book of Proverbs, there's so much wisdom in there. But it's always good to go and revisit the book of Acts, and you will see birth pains. You will see um, stuff. You will see growth pains. You will see things happening, that there was, there was plenty of good happening. There were people coming to know Jesus, and there were signs and wonders and healings and all those things. But the growth meant that things had to change. And that means we have to change. 
Because when there's growth, we have to be changed. I have to change. I can't lead, um, you know, um, amongst a group of people of 250 the same way that I would lead amongst 120. We all have to change. God is asking us, are we, are we open to change? Are we saying, change, here we are? Because I don't know, but a lot of people like change in theory until it affects them. Is that true? How many people really love change? They're like, they're like, I just want change now. You see, there's not too many of us. So, you know, we, we like the familiar. Familiar is good, isn't it? You know, last Sunday when I was driving back from, um, when we were driving back from the sunny coast going inroads, it wasn't familiar at all. The Traveston McDonald's Puma stop was the, was the last thing that was familiar until I got to Biggenden. And I'm like, oh, Biggenden, I love you. Because I, I now I knew where I was. But in the midst of that trail, I didn't know where I was. Even my phone wasn't working at times. We didn't have any coverage. We didn't have any service. And I'm just like, thank you for Google Maps, Lord, because I have no idea which turn I'm taking where. Especially when you go up the little dirt trails and you go, is this even like a road? And then you see flood signs, road closed, local traffic only. I didn't know where I was, but you know, the familiar is comfortable. But you know what? The familiar is not necessarily always good. I was talking to someone during the week about the fact of how Jesus was performing miracles until he went to his own hometown. He was performing miracles and there was all kinds of stuff happening. And like he started to teach and the people were like, wow, until one person said, isn't that Jesus, the son of Joseph, the carpenter? Oh, yeah, it is. And all of a sudden the faith went boom. And even Jesus could not perform any miracles in that town because of the lack of faith. Wow. You see, we can get really familiar. We, so prophetically speaking, you know, someone can ask you to pray for them and you get a word. And, you know, we, you know, and you give them the word and you know it's God, but it's like, oh, that's just him speaking. We've got to be careful that we don't get so familiar that we miss out on the treasure that God has put in each one. So God wants us to take us on a journey of change because that's what growth is. Things change when you grow. Amen? Some think that, that the new means a complete letting go of the old. And yet, one of the Greek words for new actually just means restoration. So it's not a letting go of the old, like it's like chuck it out, but it is that God is restoring the old to make it new. That's what God is doing in us. So many people are talking about what, what God is doing in their hearts and they feel like that God is, you know, releasing them and restoring them to make them new. How encouraging is that? But we have to be careful at all times we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let me... Let me give you some examples that I've heard since I've been in Bundaberg over the last seven or eight years. I have Jesus. I don't need anyone else in my walk. Sounds good, doesn't it? I have Jesus. I don't need anybody else. It's all good. I've got Jesus. And I remember, you know, some time ago, months ago, I was in 1 Corinthians 
uh, chapter 1, where Paul was addressing the division that was within the church in Corinth. Because one said, I follow, I mean, uh, chapter 1, one says, I follow Paul, one says, I follow Apollos, one says, I follow Cephas, and one says, I follow Christ. And it always used to, like, it make me think, why is Christ being brought into that teaching about the division that was happening in the church? Until I realized this, that if someone says, I have Jesus, I don't need anyone else, then they're creating as much division as someone says, I follow ACC, I follow Baptist, I follow this. Because Christ is not divided. There's a wound in there somewhere that someone is making an excuse for, that God wants to heal. I've heard people say, I don't have to submit myself to anyone, I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, so often we've had bad experiences with people, haven't we? You've had bad experiences with pastors or leaders. You've had bad experiences with husbands or wives. You've had bad experiences with work colleagues or mates. And we use that as the wound that we're carrying as an excuse that we don't actually be accountable to anybody. And yet submission, true biblical submission, is never about restriction. It's about protection. It's about loving each other in a way that you can actually speak to the other person and say, I'm a bit concerned about the way that you're going because there's some things that are out of alignment. That's what it is, isn't it? This is a good one. I've heard people say, I don't need anyone to teach me because I have the Holy Spirit. And so they'll use the verse out of 1 John that says that we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to teach us. And so they'll use that and say, I don't need anyone to teach me anything because I have the Holy Spirit. Has, has anyone else ever heard that one? And I think, well, if that's the case, then why did Jesus give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and what was that? Teachers to equip the saints. We do need other people to teach us. We all have blind spots. We all have things we can't see. And we need other people to speak into our life. There is nothing I like more, you know, than sitting around a table, opening the Word of God with half a dozen people or a few more, whatever can fit around the table, and just reading a passage and just allowing the Spirit of God to speak through each person to give us a full picture of what we're reading. How awesome is that? That's a home group gathering around the Word of God, opening the Word of God, reading it together, insights. Nick and Krista and Kathy have been leading the music team in some of those nights, and it's so good to hear what's coming out from other people. I'm like, oh, light bulb moment. I need to write that down. Oh, that's so good. I need to write that down. There is so much orphan, hard, and wounded spirits that are still in our church in Australia. And God wants to heal the church of the orphan spirit. He wants to heal the wounded heart that we could walk in wholeness. Is there an amen? So what's the difference between the old and the new? What's, something, what's, what's the difference between something that's inflexible and a bit stale and something that is new, that is being, you know, being washed in the Word and being um, um, soaked in the Holy Spirit? Good question. I'm going to give you some examples. I want to just make this really practical. Is that okay? 
All right? So here, here are some differences between the old and the new. The old wineskin is about performance and is concerned about image. Lights, camera, action, the whole thing. When, 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 when God is trying to move into a space, it's like, no, 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 I've still got my click track going. I've still got my backing track. I need to keep going on the program. We need to be finished by 11.15 because, because that's what it is. No, 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 we can't let anything else break out because, you know, we're being filmed on camera right now and we need to, you know, like, like we've got to be finished in time and, you know, we need to get the word out that we need to get out. That's all performance-based. It's all image it's all image-based. It's an old wineskin that's stale. It's, it's not the heart of God because his heart about the new wineskin is about presence. It is, it is the presence of God that matters. It doesn't matter whether things look a bit messy or not. It doesn't matter whether we sing one song or whether we sing six songs. It doesn't matter how we look to each other, whether we're all on the floor prostrate or not. What it is is the presence of God's. That's what matters. It doesn't really matter whether we finish at 11.30 or whether we finish at 12.30. Or man, if the Spirit of God broke out, we left the building at 3. Well, that'll shake a, shake a few of us up, won't it? <laughs> oh! Woo! There is tea and coffee down the back. Because I think about... If I go back, and I'm going to read some scripture with each of these points. If I go back to the book of Acts, and I haven't got time to read the whole book of Acts, we see when the Spirit of God was poured out, there was stuff happening. And when God is moving, things happen. I mean, they look drunk. They look drunk. It's like these people are drunk, and they're like, no, 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 it's still 9 o'clock. You know, they're not drunk yet. Things are out of the box things look a little bit different. I've seen enough stuff over 20 years to realize that sometimes it's like, whoa. But you know, my litmus test is this. What is the fruit of it afterwards? That is where we can tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and flesh, is what is the fruit of it later? We want to be people of His presence, don't we? That didn't sound very like. Everyone's just going, yeah, of course, Tim. I'm like, we want to be people of his presence, don't we? Yes. We don't want performance Christianity. We don't want image. We need to be raw and real in the presence of God. Amen. The second thing, which I guess is a bit of a flow on, is, the, is that we don't want to be contemporary. The old wine skin, the inflexible wine skin is contemporary. And, and many fellowships actually say we have a contemporary service. I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to be contemporary. I don't want to fit with the times. I want to be biblical. I don't want to just go with the flow that's in the world. I want to stand on the Word of God. I don't want to just go with current trends that are happening in the church. I want what God wants. Is there an amen to that? Because it says in Scripture... That all Scripture is God-breathed. Amen? So let me just read that passage. Are we going okay today? Cool. All Scripture, 2 Timothy 3.16. Good book. Good name. All Scripture is inspired by God. Sorry. <laughs> and, it, and is profitable 
for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then he says this, I solemnly charge you, Timothy, before God and Christ Jesus, who's going to judge the living and the dead, and because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, they will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. And someone asked me the question about the election this morning, and I said, well, God gives people what the people want. When it was a Saul and David, well, it was before David, they were like, we want to be like the other nations around us. Give us a king. And God was going, it's not time yet. That's, that's, not, what, that's, that's not what I want. And they handed him enough that he goes, okay, well, you can have Saul then. Uh-oh, that's going to cause some issues. You know, here it is here about teachers, that people will want to hear what they want to hear. You want pillow prophets. You want to be nice and comfortable. You want to hear what you want to hear. So you'll gather teachers around you to hear what you want to hear, but they're not really standing on the full counsel of the Word of God. And there are plenty of them, and I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but there are plenty of people out there, particularly in Pentecostal circles, that are more motivational speakers than they are gospel preachers. We've got to get back to the Word of God. We've got to get back to the full council. To use Jason's thing, we, we have to eat the whole lamb. And that includes talking about repentance and sin and suffering. It's the whole council of the Word of God. Is there an amen? And I hope I am somebody that will stand on the Word of God and rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience. Yeah, I struggle with that one sometimes. Patience, you ask my wife, patience is a fruit that needs to keep growing in my life. But we want to be a people that are set apart for God with no mixture. Amen. The old wineskin, the immovable, the unflexible is about titles, it's about positions, it's about a figurehead. And there are many people that follow a charismatic figure. I want you to follow Jesus Christ. I'm here to help you in any way I can, just as everyone else is around you. I want, you, I want to encourage you to look to Jesus. It's, it's grace that positions us in the body of Christ where we're meant to be positioned. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, it says, God has arranged each part of the body just as he wanted it to be. That is both natural and spiritual. He arranged the body, each part functioning how it's meant to be, and that is an amazing thing. You know, your body is an amazing thing. And the body of Christ is an amazing thing. And God has arranged. I think about Paul when he was given the apostolic grace and he moved amongst the people and they said, and Scripture says, when they saw the grace upon him, they welcomed him. It is the grace of Jesus Christ. Mark Crawford, my friend, always says, if you have to tell someone you're a prophet, you're probably not. If you have to tell someone you're an apostle, you're probably not. If you have to tell someone you're an evangelist, you're probably not. It's the same in all ways. It is the grace of God that is seen. 
And you see it oozing out of people. You see the grace of God, like I was talking about May before. You see the grace of God upon her and oozing out of her. The wisdom, the counsel, the love, the healing, the mother's spirit. You see that. So you set apart space for that to happen in the body. Is there an amen? That's how the body, it's, it's grace. It's not about positions or titles and chasing after those things. It's about being who God has created us to be together with one another. The fourth one, oh, crikey, I've got to go quicker. The fourth one, inflexible. It's consumer mentality. I come and I get what I get and then I go. And if, and if I don't get, it, get anything, I'll let everybody know about it. I didn't really like that sermon this morning. I got nothing out of worship today. I came to church today and nothing happened for me. That is a consumer mentality. We're actually called to be contributors. Is there an amen to that? We're actually called to contribute. When we gather together, your contribution could be that you just love on some people, that you just encourage some people. You might be serving down there. You might be up here. Wherever you are, we're called to be contributors, not consumers. And the model of church that we've had in our nation for too long has made more and more people consumers rather than contributors in the kingdom of God. And if I could be so bold, and please forgive me, you're going to have to... Sh- pour out forgiveness to to me. Our welfare system and the way that Centrelink is structured has actually underpinned that and supported that, that I have an expectancy that you will provide all my needs rather than get rid of the slothfulness and the laziness and actually start to contribute to society. And unfortunately, that mindset has come into the church where we come and consume and expect and we don't contribute. And I... And I wonder why that's one of the reasons we have so much depression and mental illness. Because, because you know what? I find life when I actually give. And I think that's why the Scripture says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because when you're actually looking to someone else, how can I help them? How can I support them? There's, there's this endorphins or there's something that's going on in my body. Some doctor or nurse will be able to tell me. But something's happening in my body that I actually feel encouraged because I'm helping someone else. And I think if we're only just looking at ourselves and we're just looking inwardly, we can get depressed really easy. Is that okay? 1 Peter 4.10 says, let everyone, say everyone. Oh, we're going to say that again. Everyone, let everyone use whatever gift he or she has received to minister to other people, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Woo! You love this scripture. These are good. The fifth one, the old inflexible mind wineskin, is there's clergy and there's laity. Well, that's not even biblical. And yet so much of the church follows that. You know, I, I would never want to stand up on that stage there because all of a sudden there's a distance. I would rather be amongst on the same level. It's just a little thing for me, but for me it's like I don't, I don't like stages like that. If we had our own building, I'd probably have a step that's probably that high, to be honest, and that's it. There is no clay, a, a clergy and laity. We are the priesthood of all believers. And it is the grace of God, that, as I've already mentioned, and I won't go there again, that positions us within the body of Christ. In Ephesians 4, in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about body ministry and everybody has a part to play. That's what the kingdom of God is, amen? The next one, 
inflexible, a church mindset. That is that everything that we do and all that we are is defined by this building right here. Whereas the new wine skin, which is refreshed, is a kingdom mindset that says wherever I go, I'm taking territory for Jesus. In my business, in my family, in my street, in my neighborhood, wherever I am, I am a son, daughter of the king, and I am out there taking territory for the kingdom of God. I am my my walk, just as our worship is not defined by what we do on a Sunday, we are called to worship God with our lives. My life is, my, my Christian walk is not defined by just two hours on a Sunday, but I'm a son and daughter of God who live for Him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is overflow day because out of the life that I've been living during the week, I'm coming together with my brothers and sisters, and this should be overflow day. It's a kingdom. Jesus came. Matthew 4, 17. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He he spoke the message of the kingdom. If you read the gospel of Matthew, Matthew, that's his focus. The kingdom of God. 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 He would speak about the kingdom of God because we don't belong to what we see, but we've been born again into a kingdom. And we're called to see his kingdom come in every area of our life and every area of society. We are called to enforce the rule of Jesus, the kingship of Jesus. Is there an amen to this? The next one, the immovable, the inflexible, the latest fad. We just follow the latest fad. No, 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 we're going to follow Jesus. Many churches even use the latest fad to try and build numbers. You know, numbers are probably more important to us sometimes than they are to God. And I say that because he didn't need the 32,000. He just needed the 300. He didn't need several thousand. He just needed the 12. And the 12 multiplied to become another 12, but another 12, but another 12. He's looking for people that are, that are saying, God, here I am. Here we are. We don't need the latest fad. We just need more of Jesus. Is there an amen to that? Because Jesus said, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, the revelation that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, I will build my church. Jesus said he'll build his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail, will not overcome it. How cool is that? We don't need the latest fad. We just need more of Jesus. We're nearly there. We don't need to be program-centered. We need to be family-centered. I remember talking to, a, to someone once who wanted to inquire about prayer. They were a fairly new Christian, a new believer, and they wanted to inquire about prayer. And the response that they'd got from someone else was, oh, we have a program coming up on prayer in a few weeks' time. Sign up for it and you'll learn more about prayer. That's not, ba- that's not all bad. But what about, how about we learn to p- pray together? How about we catch up next week over a coffee and we pray? See, that's family. It's not just waiting for a program to start so that it happens, it's actually, I'm your brother and sister, and I'm going to help you in that area now. And if I can't help you personally, I'll grab someone else who can. That's family. You see, family's flexible. 
Because you go, yep, I'll give you a hand. No, I can't give you a hand, but hang on a minute, I'll find someone who can give you a hand. This person will give you a hand. As I've always said, if we all ministered to one person every year, we would double. We would multiply. And if every believer in Bundaberg did that within five years, we'd have nearly half the city saved. Just by one. Just one. Just one. The inflexible model, and you're going to talk to me Talk to me about this later if you want. I'm just dropping it in there. The inflexible old model is pastorally led. The new wine skin is always apostolically and prophetically led. I haven't got time to fully unpack this, but I'm dropping that in there because everyone gets called pastor. Pastor, 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 pastor. They might be an evangelist, but they're still called a pastor. They might be a prophet, but they get called a pastor. We have to drop. It's created so much mixture and confusion within understanding of what a pastor actually is and how a pastor functions. We actually need to understand the whole fivefold area. But Paul wrote this to the church in Corinth, and he says this in 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 12. He says, uh, verse 27, You are the body of Christ, and you are all members of it. And God has appointed these in His church. First apostles, second prophets, third teachers, miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administration, different kinds of tongues, etc. The church has to get back to being an apostolic people with a prophetic edge. We have to be an apostolic people. We have to be a prophetic people. The part of the reason we're not taking ground as a whole in this nation is because we, we are, is that we have um, a maintenance-led mentality rather than an advancing mentality. And the apostolic and the prophetic gives you the edge to say we can take ground because God has called us. A pastoral-led one will be let's just keep everybody together. Is that right? And the last one that I had, there's so many. The last one is that we have just church attenders rather than we're disciples who become Christians. What do you mean by that, Tim? Well, it's, Jesus said to go and make disciples of all nations, didn't he? A disciple is a follower. A disciple is a learner. And you know what? We never stop being a disciple. Because you know what? We're always following Jesus and we're always learning. Amen? Teaching, being taught to, to walk in the fullness of everything that he has for us. But there's this little verse that me and my friend Guy love in Acts 11. And it says, For a whole year Saul met with the church and taught large numbers. And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. We have dumbed down. That's the only word that is popping into my head right now. We have dumbed down the word Christian. People go, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? Are you a Christian? The biblical meaning of Christian is that I'm like Christ or I'm a little Christ. That's why I say we need to be disciples who become Christians. We become like Christ in the way that we live, in the way that we breathe, in the mannerisms that we have that we become like Christ. The, the the name Christian has been kind of lowered down when we're really to be known as a Christian is actually an honour. 
And it's not you speaking of yourself, I'm a Christian. It's actually like, Kathy is a Christian. It's not me, it's not Kathy going, I'm a Christian. It is other people seeing it in you and going, she is really a Christian. And it is actually an honor. Oh, there's weight on that. There is honor to be called a Christian because you are being seen as someone who is like Christ. We're in a time, we have been in a time, decluttering. Hands up who's been decluttering their homes as well as their hearts. Look how many people have been decluttering their homes. This is amazing. You see, what God is doing in here, he's He's doing around us. And sometimes it's because our houses are getting sold from underneath us, which is not so good. But it's not all bad because you go, wow, look at all this stuff I've got. You know, and as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. We need to declutter some stuff in our hearts to make room, to make space for more of Jesus. And that's what we want to do. We want to make more room. The, part, the reason for the ministry team is I want to make more room. I want to make more room for people to grow. I want to see a five-fold ministry start to emerge where everyone actually starts to minister in different ways and the, and the whole body is built up in all five aspects. We have to make space for that. And we have to make space in our hearts and in our lives for more of Jesus, don't we? But as we make space, it's like he's going to start pouring in the new wine. And we're going to be able to expand with it because we're not so religious, so unchangeable, so firm, so structured, so program-orientated, so this, so that, that we can't go, you know what? The Spirit of God is moving and we just need to go with the flow. My prayer is that we will go with what the Holy Spirit says. In John When Jesus was teaching Nicodemus, he said, the wind blows wherever it pleases, so too with one born of the Spirit. Let's set our sail and let the Holy Spirit fill it. Amen? Music team. Music team. I don't know whether. As they're coming up, I just want to encourage you to keep going deeper with Jesus. Amen? Keep going deeper with Him. As you go deeper with Him, He heals, He restores, He works. You become more alive. Hope rises, faith rises, life rises, joy rises. Just, I was talking to someone the other day, not someone who lives in Bundaberg, so I can speak about it, but I, but I was talking to someone the other day who was having some issues in their marriage. I've had a few of them lately from other cities and other places in Australia. And they said to me, Tim, what do I do? And I said, press into Jesus. Because the, the issues in your marriage are a direct correlation to your walk with Jesus. I've always believed that. You struggle to love someone else in that moment because you're actually struggled to know that you're loved. You're struggling to forgive that person for what they've done to you because you don't know that you're forgiven of everything. 
pressing into Jesus and being washed in the Word and soaked in the Holy Spirit is a good answer for everything. I want to just say I'm so thankful that you're our family. I love that we can stand together. I love that we can cry together. I love that we can support each other. I love that the the generations are together. And we're here because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Let's lift Jesus high. This is not just a song we sing, but this is our life. Amen. We lift Jesus high.